HHMC returns, my friend Joshua Reed. He joins me, as he always does on Friday. We have a great time. And this this was a really, really fun episode, actually. We had we took on a listener question, and the question was about how to get faster without running. So basically, is it possible to get faster in the gym doing gym-based workouts? So we talk a lot about the different options and work we go into detail about how you can replicate doing tempo runs, special runs, all the different type of runs that should be in your running training and give you specific workouts and how you can kind of simulate what you're going to get from a running workout in the gym um, with a caveat that they would work better while running. So if you're running as fast as, so if you want to get as fast as possible, you probably want to run, but there is a way to kind of simulate the the feeling and the stimulus that you would get from these running workouts in the gym. So we talk about that in depth. Uh, we really get into the nuts and bolts of things about 12, 13 minutes in. We start off, we talk talking about some some climbing, some training uh, on the treadmill and how that translates. Talk a little bit about downhill running right in the beginning. So if that's up your alley, check it out. If you want to get right to the, the goods, about 13 minutes in is where we start to really kind of hit it. So I loved it. I thought it was a blast. And I think you get some really cool takeaways and some workouts that you can do in the gym that could potentially make you faster. Cool. Here we go. My man, Josh Reed. We are recording. Josh Reed, hello. Hello and good afternoon. Josh, how is the treadmill? What did, what's the nickname you gave your treadmill? Oh, Treddy, Treddy uh, Roosevelt. Treddy Roosevelt. That's strong. Does it fit okay in the house? <laughs> I have tall ceilings. Do you? Very tall ceilings. I got, I got some reach. I could, I could have that thing at forty percent, and I could have like do do some old overhead hold. I could probably hold like a, a table overhead by the legs and still clear the ceiling. You ever seen like when people balance stuff like on their chins, like balance tables and like uh, like ladders and stuff on their face? Have you seen that? Yes, and I literally tried to do this at like the New Hampshire training camp with my bamboo stick, and I was my chin was so far out, I was projecting it so hard. I just uh, I was showered with compliments of how chiseled and refined my my jawline is. Um, but did you yeah. balance it? A little, a little bit, but that's not the point. The point is how great my jaw looks. That's true. <laughs> that that is that that's the main takeaway from this. But yeah, you do get taller on that treadmill, though, right? Like, how much tall? How much height do you think you do gain, gain on that thing? <laughs> Dude, that that thing gets pretty gosh darn tall, man. It's it's hilarious because Monica is really short, so I get up <laughs> on top of that thing. and I'm looking down on her even more, and uh, I just I feel so powerful up there. I'm like I'm on a mountain. What amount? At least a mm, probably in the ballpark of uh, eighty-five inch mountain. You think it's that much? For sure. All well, right. with, well, with me, like we you know where my eyes are. You know, me plus the treadmill. You know how it is. Like you ever go yeah, to yeah, jump yeah. off a cliff and you from down down below, you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, it's twenty feet. It's not that high. And then you get up there and where your eyes are at is you know five uh, uh 25 feet 25 mm. and a half feet, 26 feet and it's like whoa that makes the difference that's a good point i never thought about it like that because when you're up there it is way higher For how sure. tall are you like 510 my on <laughs> tinder i'm six foot uh my <laughs> you know that reference my uh my license actually says six foot but i'm pretty sure i'm like five ten and a half. Oh, really yeah yeah my, my license says the same i i'm a strong 511 and like three quarters but i am rounding it up three quarters <clears throat> yeah like if i have it actually measured You're not it fucking around with half inches no 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 no, no. Three, like i am almost there but i but i've been that way since almost like eighth grade i've been about this tall so i've been six feet tall since eighth grade and Dude, i won't go back more. gotta spend a little more time on the inversion table yeah i guess yeah stretch it out all, all mm-hmm. this 
gravity just pressing down my life. So like you, if you're sealing, so you're about 72 inches, right? Yes. Yes, I am. So like if your ceiling was like 75 inches, you couldn't, you couldn't run on that treadmill. Not going to happen. Not gonna, I could probably do some crawling workouts, but I don't need to do that. I think back in the day when I was like, when high intensity workouts started to become a thing, um, this was probably like in 2009, I was like looking up, uh, different ways to work, work well on that. And this is actually going to segue well, sort of actually going to segue sort of well into what our topic is going to be today. But there was this guy who was doing these workouts, um, and all they were, were, were hit workouts. And like, he would actually crawl on his treadmill, but he, he'd like, uh, like use, like drag the treadmill down, like, uh, the non-motor at like a stationary treadmill and use his hands to pull it down. That's actually that probably a pretty decent exercise. Probably gets your last going a, hand, a little just, bit. Just the hands. Like just feet hands. were on the ground. Gotcha. Feet were on the ground. Just use his hands. To pull I have. To- he's like, all right, I don't have a Jacob's ladder. How can I make this work? Yeah. Have you tried that? I actually, I've both used a real Jacob's ladder, which I'm pretty sure David Goggins did like Everesting on, which blows my mind. Uh, even if it's a myth, I believe it. It's <laughs> yeah. just Goggins. And uh, I totally was doing, I think last year we, when I was doing some elevation challenge, uh, like March Madness elevation, climb as much as you can. I was just like walking on a treadmill nonstop. And every once in a while, just to wake up my upper body, I would do that. Uh, it was only going like two miles an hour, but I'll put my feet on the ground and just walk it with my hands. And yeah. does the... the- does that so the some treadmills like the Woodway treadmills they have like where you can turn it off but you can still use it as like self propelled even if it's not like one of the curved ones I forget what the the they call it like dynamic mode or something hmm. like with your treadmill could you turn off the the motor and just and still kind of run on it and kind of like like a sled almost yeah actually the the Nordic track I think I have the, the like the eleven XI or something like that but it has it has these handles which is pretty cool. I didn't like get it for the handles, but it's got these handles in front of you and you can, you can push against the treadmill when it's off to simulate a like sled push. Mm, that's cool. And that, this is like what they call the incline trainer, right? That's what like, right. It is an incline trainer, not a treadmill. Damn. I'm, I'm jealous, dude. Like that is so sweet. I saw, I think I saw Gawiski grinded on his the other day too. He did look tall, but I was like, dude, he, that, it's like, it's gotta be amazing to get it 30, 40%. Dude, it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty wicked, and how quickly you can like gain elevation, and it feels, it yeah, it just feels really good to be able to hit those inclines that aren't really available out there, and not only that, but able to get so much vertical gain without all the downhill, because mm. I'm, pr- you know, I'm sure some people might disagree, but I think for the most part, like if you do X amount of downhill, you know, say per per week, say it's uh two thousand feet of downhill per week, and you hit it hard, you know, you can do, you're not gonna like lose your downhill gains you're gonna that's gonna be enough of a stimulus to like hold on to that so okay i'm gonna go do another like 10 15 20 000 feet of gain and j- build up that strength without all that all of that downhill damage so it's like it's time efficient it kind of like saves the legs but ultimately i got the treadmill because i can just like i can walk on i can do work i can be it's convenient it saves me the trip you know the hour each way to the mountains right and that's that's an interesting that's an interesting concept of how how much you need to do to maintain your downhill gains, right? Cause like strength gains, you can down, you can, you can keep pretty easily. Like if it was say deadlift or something, you could probably deadlift once every other week and just maintain your strength like pretty well. But it, like, and you, you found like two, I mean, 2000 still a decent amount, you know, for, for those of us who don't have mountains available, like, do you think it is something in that range? Like if you just are able to get out and run, run downhill, run hard a little bit, like you, you are able to con 
continue to have those adaptations that you've built over time? Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what like the amount if there is like uh, an average amount, but I'm sure it's all relative. Like if someone's doing 20,000 feet of up and down like a Jim Walmsley type, and they just go to 2000 feet of downhill, that's really dramatic. And they probably would start to lose some of their downhill capabilities, perhaps. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know, because a lot of the downhill has to do like skill work. Also, but if we're just talking about like muscular damage and whatnot, just and muscular, like muscular yeah. adaptations. Yeah. I, for, for me, I think it's been enough to maintain because before I was only really averaging maybe 10,000 uh, feet. So, you know, it's still a significant cut, but it's not as much as if I was doing 20,000 and I cut down to 2,000. Right. So it seems, so to, be, it seems to be enough so far per, per week. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And that's, um, yeah, because the, the the skill part, like if I was to do that and just just try, try to maintain a word, my weakness is the skill of it more or less. Like the muscular part, like yeah, some, but I I would be able to handle that and 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 recover from something like that. But like I wouldn't be able to get that skill back. Or on your end, you already kind of have that, and that's pretty honed in well. And you might be like just kind of drop in some downhill stuff closer to races just to stay sharp. Do do you think that the uphill? On like if you're getting if you crank it to forty percent and you gain a uh, thousand feet and like and like what like how long does that take like uh, I haven't I haven't done like a time trial but I could I'd probably comfortably I comfortably get a thousand feet somewhere in the ballpark of like twelve minutes because it's, it's interesting because you get to forty percent and it makes more sense to to hike you know. But the cool thing about running at that grade is like your heels are really high off the ground and you're really just kind of, it really helps work the calves in almost like this isometric mm. fashion. You just kind of like lock up your, your ankle angle, ankle mm. angle. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and you're just able to get a, yeah, a different sort of uh, uh, work in the legs. Cause it's, it's interesting. Like if you're on such a steep, steep grade and you allow your heel to drop and you don't have good ankle mobility, especially that would exacerbate the issue. It's almost like you're, you're stuffing yourself it's the, backwards. It's, it's like, the equivalent of running on flat ground with like a huge overstride where you're heel striking, mm, you know, it. it's like you're fighting yourself kind of. So if you can get the strength to keep your heels off the ground, it's easier to like take that next step. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that like who I think of with that is like when we, you watch like Rhea Coble go up her inclines, like when you see her on Spartan race, always running a little bit and just taking little short strides. And it, it seems like she is never really power hiking, but keeping that, that heel up as well. And just kind of, like plugging along on it. Yeah. It's cool to have both of those things in the, uh, in the quiver, like be able to take like small steps really frequently and then switch to like big long strides and a power hike. It's cool to have both of those options. Right. Cause different things will burn out. And like, if you're on a long enough, cl- long enough climb, like you're going to need to ch- kind of change things up when you get tired. Like, so do you, and so that's almost like a different skill, right? So like if you were to do it without like that, that type of running, it might not quite equate to what you would see out there right it would just almost be like a completely different thing yeah like what i'm what i'm doing on the treadmill at 40 percent, like running i mean I, I wouldn't do i wouldn't run in a race i would i would power hike that incline for sure yeah but i'm getting to work because i'm running um, it's a little more of like a spring a spring action and i think it's playing a little more of a of a stress in my again i'm like keeping my heels super elevated i'm just able to to take more steps because when you run, obviously your cadence is higher than when you're hiking. Uh, so it's easier for me to get in like more reps of stepping in that position. Mm-hmm. Of, like even that heel elevated. Yeah. So it is almost like straight up, straight up strength work. Have you, has it, mm-hmm. have you, I mean, you've had it for a little bit. Did you notice a difference in like last weekend when you're out in the mountains, did your climbing feel better? 
You know, it's, it's really hard to say. Cause honestly, I've been training the, like pretending that races are really happening. Cause I'm, and I'm also kind of in the FKT paradigm yeah. right now where those are my races. So I've just kind of been constantly fatigued to a degree. So I haven't mm. done, uh, I haven't done it like a trial. I've, I'm going to go do the 15%, uh, 15 minutes at 15% soon. And I think that'll be the best indicator of the gains that I've made. Mm. We should do it on the same day. Cause I'm, I'm putting it off as well. <laughs> Dude, I was thinking about it, man. I, uh, I don't know if you if you are, but if you you've been thinking about it, you totally should come up next weekend uh, with everyone else because we're gonna do probably like a mile trial. I was thinking five k, but I was also considering the fifteen to fifteen percent because that is fucking brutal. And if you have a bunch of jabronis looking at you, yelling at you, you can't let them down. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> talking shit. I would, I would almost hate. I would almost like that word less. I I'd be like, uh, guys, just stop. Just leave me alone. I wonder. Um, I'll get them yeah, all no. to hold. Uh, I'll get them all to hold fans. You know. So they can like keep us cool. I'm gonna get like fans from every angle. Yeah, I have yeah, fans yeah. holding fans. It's a fan party. <laughs> one time for Halloween, I, this is like one of the corniest costumes I had. It was you were a fan. Like, I, w- I was. I had a a. I just like googled it. I think like easy Halloween costume. And it was, like, if you get it, if you get a phone, I'm not a big costume. Per- like I like costumes, but I don't like making costumes. And it was like um, I had a. It was like get a foam finger or like a hat and then just get a, a shirt and have it say go ceilings on it. And then you're a ceiling fan. Ah! <laughs> I, I love it because I know everyone probably hates it. it everyone's like, you suck. Yeah. We're at this party. I like tried really hard. Like my, like my outfit's awesome. And you came here with a t-shirt. Oh man. On the other side of that spectrum are the people that put in so much work into their costume. Like literally we've, fabrics and spend like a 40 hour week doing this you know my buddy i don't know how much time he spent on it but he made like a metal frame and then did like the paper mache or whatever it is and made he he was pickle rick so he made this giant co- do you watch rick and morty no you know someone else just brought that up to me and i would like to watch <sighs> it but i think i've just I, i'm just aged out of that josh i don't Dude, you what do you mean aged out of it? it is the most brilliant show it is timeless for all ages there's brilliance ingrained into it Anyways, I'll watch it. I'll pickle, watch it. it it's on Rick. Hulu, I think. I'll watch okay, it. Okay, it is. And you should probably just go right to the Pickle Rick episode because it is freaking ridiculous. Anyways, he turns himself into a pickle. So my buddy was like, I'm going to be Pickle Rick for, for Halloween. All right, you don't get it. And so I'm just going to stop the story right there. But it was an extravagant costume that took a lot of time. And I appreciated that because I'm on your I'm on your page, man. I don't spend any time on Halloween. I'm like, I, I don't even go out for Halloween. I'm not going to eat candy. I don't drink. I'm lame. It's gonna go. It's gonna go run. It's gonna run instead and just get go to bed early. Um, okay, so we covered the treadmill thing. I think that that is is helpful. And today we want to talk about. We had uh, some listeners submit some questions, which we appreciate. Everybody, we're gonna take some time, do a deep dive on one in particular. This is from Matt B two six one zero underscore OCR on Instagram, and he asked. Like, I'm, I'm gonna paraphrase here, but. His question was basically like, can you get faster by doing gym-based workouts or do you need to do speed workout while running to get faster? Um, so basically it's like, do you need to do speed workout, speed workouts or not to get faster? Like w- what kind of options do I have that I can take into the gym? And, and like the answer here is a little more nuanced than when I would hear this initially. Like somebody just like sent this my way and I had to just have a gut reaction back to them. I would say like, well, yeah, of course you need to run fast to get faster. But 
there are a couple different answers I think here. And I think that there is a way to simulate speed work to a certain extent. Um, and I'd like to do a deep dive and see what, what kind of things we can do and how we can kind of translate things. And, and like, I've certainly done a lot of gym based workouts that may be around a speed work and I've programmed a lot of them as well. So, um, so there are a couple things that I think we can explore here. So first when I'm thinking about like, why, cause I didn't follow up. I didn't ask him like, what is the context behind this? So like the, the first thing that comes to my mind when someone's like, well, can I get faster and not do, uh, and not run? The first thing I think is like, okay, like you just don't really like running. Um, but why else do you think someone would want this as an option? Well, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was some sort of injury, like mm-hmm. running doesn't feel good once they hit a certain speed, perhaps, uh, or they're just like, maybe they like racing, but yeah, they don't really like a crap load of running and they just want some, they want to spice things up. You know, some people need a little more variety than others to keep them, uh, keep them excited in their training. Yeah. And the injury thing came to mind as well. And, um, actually when, when Becca Hammond was on, she kind of mentioned that she's like, I can't really do that much running, running. So when I do like her, she, her approach is actually opposite of this. So when she would, she would run, it would be quality and everything else was kind of, um, volume and aerobic work on like a bike or she used the elliptical or things like that. So, but I, I agree. Like if you are injury prone, um, I found this when earlier in my running career, when I was, well, kind of like in the middle of my running career after I had had some success running. And then when I would kind of like start to build back up, I was able to run faster than what I was ready to run and kind of re hurt myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if I do intervals, I'd be able to go way too fast. Or if I do a time trial, it'd be too hard for what my body was structurally ready to handle. Um, so that's also something that I, I, I definitely agree with that. And maybe like, you're just not sure how to structure them. You know, you're not like, sometimes I feel like that is a wall that people like bump up against where it's like, I want to do speed work, but I just like, don't really know how to do it. And I don't want to waste my time. And if I know if I go to the gym and you know, if I'm at CrossFit or if there's other things that I can do, that I think are fun and it makes me have a good workout. At least it's the same. I, I might be getting the same benefit because I don't know how to do it either way. So maybe I should do it in the gym. So what do you think of that? Man? Well, where to start? I mean, with the injury thing, if you're, if it doesn't feel good to run, I wonder because of the things that I would want someone to do in a gym, if they're just like bored of running, you can't do those things if you're injured, probably, you know, if like if you're having like an Achilles issue or something, yeah. I can't, I can't have you, uh, doing high impact plyometrics, you know, cause that's probably what's bothering you with running. Cause running is pretty much a plyometric. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, man. What about you? So if it's an injury thing, you're right. Like you're, you're just gonna, you need to fix it. You need to like work on something else. And I do want to talk about some other ways that you can go about making speed work, not, suck and i think a ways to get faster while not doing speed work and kind of like a workaround of this is to work on your running form and like do drills and just making sure that you're more efficient and you're not necessarily doing speed work you're at the gym doing drills to work on your running form and that might help with your um your longevity as a runner it might help you create a more uh power in each stride um but i feel like that's kind of a cop-out so when we start talking about this i want to kind of set some parameters around this so that we are on the same page so that we can't keep going doing like caveats and like kind of thank you down. <laughs> um, so 
let's say if we're going to start talking about gym based workouts and, and speed workout, let, let's say that they are capable of running this person. These people are capable of running outside. So it's not an injury thing, but it's just that the speed work itself, they are not sure what to do. Um, or the speed work is what is getting them injured, but regular runs they can do. Um, so that's, that's part, that's, that's what this person can do right now. The alternatives in the gym, it can't be anything that is like apples to apples or as close. So like, we can't be like, okay, get on the assault bike for seven minutes at threshold effort, because like, that is really the obvious answer for a lot of these. It's like, okay, if you can't run at a specific effort and you have a 20 minute tempo, find that like heart rate effort and move it to the rower or move it to the assault bike. So that's something else we're not doing with this or like get on a bike and go do that. Cool. So like anything that's like, or like any, you know, any concept to anything that concept two makes is not allowed. Um, but before we kind of dive into the actual gym based workouts, I do want to talk a little bit about just kind of building volume, um, because you can get faster and you will get faster just by increasing your, your volume across the board and, and very much through frequency and then adding um, volume on top of that. So say, like you're, you're running three days a week. How many, how many days a week do you think someone should run before they even start doing speed workout? Or like, how long do you want them to just like be running or how frequently? Um, excuse me for saying this, but it depends if they're, if they're just starting. <laughs> I mean, if they, if the person has like some running under their belt and they decide that they want to get in like me, me right now, I'm deciding to do more biking. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I know that I have running legs underneath me. So, uh, kind of like Rebecca Hammond, when I'm running, I'm doing more quality with my running and I'm doing a little more easy stuff on the bike just because I can spend two, three, four hours on the bike and I'll throw quality in there. But by and large, it's 90, 95% easy. The volume. Yeah. I'm just throwing like a few sprints in there because it's just like no impact and it feels really good to crank it on the bike for a minute. Um, but yeah, if someone's like just getting off the, the couch, I would for sure want them to run like five days a week. Yeah. For probably, I mean, I'd throw some tempo in after, um, after like a month, but probably not, not hard speed work, like a track workout moving at nearly maximal velocity for a couple months, maybe even a few depending on where they're at. I think that's fair. I think you can make speed gains by simply adding volume and frequency for about, for like 12 weeks, you know, like from, from week one to week 12, I think that you will see significant speed gains just based on strength, just based off aerobic endurance. Um, and just like, because the speed we're talking about is probably not mile speed, like your mile time probably wouldn't get that much better. It might, it might, um, just based just cause you're getting a little bit stronger, but like your, your 5k will probably get better. Um, it, and if you're running five days a week, then try a sixth day and just kind of add a little bit more frequency first and then start to add in these longer runs across the board and having a long run, having a moderate one to two moderate longer longish runs during the week. Um, I think you will get faster just, just by doing that straight, straight, simple. Um, and this one is also a bit kind of like cheating on this answer. Um, but just doing hill hills, like during the volume phase and not even doing it as hill speed work, um, just cause it's going to reduce the impact a little bit. You're and, and it's not, if you're prone to injury, you, you might not get as injured and you're just going to build some more strength that way. Um, that, I, I like that answer because it does dance around the term speed work. Cause you can, mm-hmm. you can run up a hill and you 
your heart rate can get jacked. You can put a lot of power into the ground, especially with something like bounds. But yeah, your forward motion might still be like a nine or a 10 minute mile. Right. Right. And it, yeah. And it, like I said before, it does just reduce the amount of motion. It's not as far as you have to travel. Um, and it will, ju- it'll make you stronger and it, and it does translate, right? Speed work will translate to, to flat running. So those are some, some ways that I think that before you want even really want to entertain speed work that you should, you should kind of try. What do you think? Anything else kind of come to mind? Uh, no, I like that. If you're not going to do speed work, I think that getting into, uh, getting into the hills and just trying to extend your stride. I mean, when it comes to doing uh, bounds, I like to, if I have a, a new athlete that I'm working with, I'll just have them do them at like 80% effort. Uh, but if someone's been doing them a lot, I'll have them go up, you know, 95, maybe even 100%. With, with a caveat that's like within control. You know, if you feel like your body's out of control, you've gone beyond like you're 100%. But yeah, I, uh, I definitely think that those are that like hill bounds, hill runs, definitely dance it around the, uh, the speed work nicely. When you say bounds, do you mean kind of like power skips or just like an extended stride with, uh, with like your run? A stride with maximal, like the second your foot hits the ground, project yourself off of it as powerfully as you can. And that's going to give you a lot of airtime with minimal ground contact time. So you're going to cover a lot of ground. Uh, and you're gonna get a lot of extension out of the back leg. And typically you get a really nice knee drive out the front. So it kind of like opens up the hips really, uh, as well. And it just kind of emulates what your stride would look like if you were running like max speed on flat as well mm. to a degree. And you could probably do that on flats, right? Like if you were at the gym, like if you didn't have hills or something, you could probably do some sort of bounding as well. For, for sure. But if you haven't, it's probably going to feel pretty high impact. If you, if you really get a powerful stride, either you're going to start, cause if you project yourself really forward, you're going to start moving really fast, really quickly forward. Right. Mm. And that's what we're trying to dance around. And if you, and if you project yourself upwards, then you're going to land with a lot of impact. Cause that's a shitload of vertical oscillation, right? You're going to hit the ground hard, which isn't necessarily bad, but I think, uh, I don't know if we're trying to like avoid high impact stuff right now in this conversation. Now nah, let's say we're not, <laughs> let's say that it's just like, uh, the, the strain of the long term of like running seven minutes, like three by seven minutes hard is just like too much. It's just like kind of where it will wear somebody down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So when it comes to, before we jump into gym stuff, if you're doing outdoor stuff, uh, do you concur that it would be increasing uh, volume and frequency and throwing in things like uphill, uphill runs and bounds? Yes. Yes. I would do that. Like if speed is your goal, um, I would do, uh, five to seven days a week of running and, uh, and Hills before I would do three days of running and like two days of gym based speed work. Um, Rich, do you think that there's, if what's like the minimum, if anyone goes out for a run in your head, is there like a minimum distance or amount of time someone should spend on feet for it to even count as a run? I don't not not necessarily. I, what's that? So asking for a friend, I'll go out, I'll, I'll, I'll go out and I'll run a mile sometimes. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, like the pretty much the shortest I would typically program or run is about 20 minutes just cause, uh, if I'm going to go and, and do it and that, like, that does spend time and you can kind of get in the flow of things. A mile is pretty short, um, to, 
to just kind of like justify changing your clothes <laughs> almost. <laughs> but uh, I don't think so. I think the frequency of it, right? Like we talk about greasing the grooves a lot. And I think this concept can can cross over, right? Like and greasing the grooves is doing something frequently at the end of the day is so doing like 10 pushups, like every two hours or something like that. And just kind of building up frequency without uh, lo- a too much load at, at, at one shot. And I kind of think that's kind of the same concept when it comes to running only, um, only spread out across days as opposed to spread out in, in one, in one day. And which you could, like I double quite often. Like I, I, that's one of my main ways to build volume is to run in the morning and then run in the evening. Um, but, and like, you can recover fairly well from that. Like if I, for me, I feel awesome. Like it doesn't really bother me at all, but, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run a mile just cause yeah, I would start sweating and that would suck enough to shower for like, Right. An eight minute run be annoying. Um, yeah. no, I'll do it sometimes. No. Like if I get home late and I'm working out, I like, or like doing, if, I, if I'm out working and I get home, I'm trying to like, I didn't get a run in, but I got to do dinner and get to bed. I'll literally just run to the end of my driveway and back, which is like 1.2. I'm like, all right, sweet. Got some, got some time on the legs, got the legs moving. And I definitely feel like it helps. Cause you know, I've, you saying that like doing five, six, seven days a week is the best way to, overall like increasing frequency is one of the best ways to improve your running i feel like i've heard that from absolutely everybody it seems super ubiquitous so Mm -hmm. and i and i mean a lot of these people have great performances as well so i can't see any fallacy in that yeah yeah that just seems to be something that's tested and and like i think that even doing something like you're talking about doing a mile or or two miles and i think a lot of it is just kind of getting over the mental hump of seeing how you're going to feel after a harder day or after a longer day and just what that fatigue feels like on your legs even if it is just a 10 minute run i think is very useful if you are going to increase frequency i think that is a part of it because there is going to be a a level of fatigue that is going to crossover day to day and when you do like a hard workout and then rest and then uh, a regular run and then rest um this is good practice especially if you are in a a time or an event that you need to be fresh uh, often and that you're building toward a race i think that that is it's good to be fresh often but at at a time there is a point where you need to accumulate fatigue and to do that you need to start to run more often uh, just so that you don't over recover, if you if you if you will, um, mm. and being able to see what that feels like and get over the mental hump of running on tired legs, especially if you are doing uh, marathon training, if you're doing beast level type training, you you kind of have to just kind of harden those legs and, and callous them over more or less to use a not scientific term. Um, so I think just doing a short run just to be like, oh okay, like this kind of sucks, but like I can do this, I think is a helpful helpful part. No, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's both like a physical and a mental callousing to to do like an easy run after a hard day, even if like you don't want to. Just just do it as long as you feel oh okay. But yeah, if, if you're just tired, it sounds good to get a little thing in. Because there's times where you're gonna feel like shit, right? And like you can't you can't expect every run to feel good, and you're gonna have to know how to run through feeling shitty. Um, and the only way to do that is to practice really, and and, and be accustomed to that feeling. And that's kind of what building frequency does. I like it. Cool. So if you've exhausted those things, if you're running at least like five days a week and like you're getting that volume in, you got some frequency going and, and then you want to uh, do some gym-based kind of workouts, I think there is a way to kind of work these in. And and now what I want to do, I want to go through the different types of workouts that you could potentially be doing on the road or the just outside and seeing how we can kind of put these together um, in the gym. So 
they're, and this is what's going to be known more like interval training, metabolic conditioning, you know, your wide, your, your CrossFit type stuff, right? Getting excited with all these words. So many words, so much jargon. So basically let's start from like the highest end of endurance and then just kind of work our way down. So the first one would be trying to work in like a tempo run, right? And this is a tempo run is anywhere from like 20 and it could be super long. Like if you are a high end marathoner, um, a tempo run could be 20 miles, you know? So this could be a big, long chunk of, of, of running at a pace that is going to be sustainable for that, that amount of time. And you really want to work on, again, building that fatigue and then kind of being able to stay comfortable and run through that. So that's basically what a tempo run looks like. So to me, what I'm, what I think of would be like a longer AMRAP at a sustained effort. And this is going to be kind of hard because there's going to be a level of muscle burnout that happens if you do something too fast and if you, or, or you're not going to get the proper aerobic benefit if it's something that is too easy. So like there's a real kind of like line to, to balance here and and that's where like that's where the challenge comes from something like this because you can't just do air squats for 45 minutes right so you're gonna have to kind of switch things up so i was thinking something like two minutes of box step ups and then like 60 seconds of burpees and then two minutes of like walking lunges maybe and then 60 seconds of squat jumps and just have that be an amrap and just kind of go and see where your heart rate kind of sits at um because that's gonna be the main thing like I know for me, it would be almost impossible for, for my heart rate to get up to where my tempo pace is without going really hard in the gym and then just dying, you know, and then just completely burning out. Um, have you ever tried anything like this or, or is this like, what do you think about an approach that way? Totally. Actually, that's what I did. uh, I think three weeks ago, I wanted to kind of save my running legs and to a degree that I was kind of just trying this out. I've done it in the past, but, uh, I didn't take then take real good notes to say this really worked well or not, you know? So what I did was instead of going out for a hard run, cause I wanted to get my heart rate jacked was I decided to just do a, yeah, a Metcon where I just spent 20 minutes going back and forth between a few uh, movements. I think I did, I did burpees. I did uh toe to bars. Yeah. Burpees, toe to bars, some squat and uh squat split squat jumps. I did something else too. I know I did something else. But anyways, what I like to do is I uh, go back and forth between something that's more upper body dominant and more lower body dominant so that they each get a little bit of rest, but it's mm-hmm. still pumping the blood all the way around and you're getting, you're, you're, I'm able, oh, jump rope is what I was doing. I was jump rope running, mm-hmm. which will actually, that's something I want to talk about in a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, those are ways for me to like keep my heart rate up pretty high without over fatiguing any particular group past the point of like no return. Right. Cause you will need to, to, to move it around, right? Like if you did, push-ups and then you did dips and then you did burpees like you your chest and shoulders would just be lit and you'd have to take a break and, and the point of a tempo run is you want to hold a sustained effort for a long period of time so you're going to need to switch up the muscle groups that you're using just to avoid that type of fatigue how, how did that go did you check your heart rate how was it i didn't check my heart rate but my respiration rate is something i like to go by a lot and that stayed pretty gosh darn steady nice mm-hmm. nice that, that's really strong um and so like that would kind of be the way that it would go and it would be a long tedious workout, but tempo runs are long tedious workouts. Another kind of cool thing that 
um, another former guest brought up was, was Cassidy, uh, Nicholas from Epic interval training. And they do a thing where, where, where they're like doing longer workouts where it'll be like, they'll do 45 seconds of one movement and then like 15 seconds of rest. So this could be 45 or 50 seconds and like every minute on the minute, essentially doing 45 or 50 seconds and then doing, so it'd be like five rounds, 45, 15 of burpees. And so you get that little bit of rest to, to help like kind of shake things out and your heart rate won't dip too much in that time. And then after that, you would, you would switch up the movement to be, to do something like goblet squats. And it's, it'll be like five rounds of burpees, 45 seconds, 15, then five rounds of goblet squats, 45, 15, and then five rounds of whatever kettlebell swings or something like that. So that's another kind of cool way to, to mix it up because it can be daunting to go from like, to do eight rounds of the same stuff over and over. And this, uh, that helps it kind of move through a little bit. Um, yeah, because the, but, and if you're going to do this, I would definitely wear a heart rate monitor. I would definitely check to see or go off respiration rate, like you said, or have some sort of feeling there to make sure that it's kind of hitting the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that is a really cool one. I enjoy that. I enjoy that variety. And so she, so she was spending with, with what she was doing. She was do, uh, spending like f- doing five rounds of one movement before going to the other. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So it's cool. Yeah. There are different ways of doing that. That would be, that would have more of like an endurance stimulus. Whereas if you were, uh, switching up, say, say she took those three movements and swapped out. It was one, two, three, one, two, three, and did mm-hmm. that for the same amount of time. That would have a different effect because you're getting more rest between each specific movement. And that might allow you to do each movement with a little bit more power. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, so, so it's cool. You have a couple different approaches to, to, to do this here. Right. And even in that case, if, if you were doing something like that, um, where you want it to be more timed intervals and like during the rest, if your heart rate was dropping a little bit, you could just do something like jumping jacks, you know, don't, doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be too crazy. You know, it like, has to be a high tech. Yeah. You could just do, you could just jump up and down. Dude, oh and, yeah. That's one, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Ghost jump roping. You look yeah. ridiculous, but it's fantastic. And it, it, yeah, it doesn't have to be. And like, if it's only for 10 or 15 seconds, like it's not that big of a deal. Like you're not doing jumping jacks for two minutes for a 45 minute AMRAP. Like that would just be lame. That would just be boring. You might as well go running. If you do that um, in the gym, people are just going to look at you and be like, oh, I guess they're just jumping with joy. They really enjoy their workout. Like, like old school, like gym class, like you do arm circles first, arm circles back the other way. You don't do touch, those still? The touch your toes. <laughs> Big, they get bigger and then they get smaller. And then you go reverse it the other way and they oh, get yeah. smaller. Oh, it's yeah. probably not bad. It's probably, it's pretty decent joint mobility. I do, I, I do it all the time. I really enjoy it. Reach them. out. Yeah, I do the, uh, I do like the cruise mobility all the time. And they mm-hmm. have this one move in their basic mobility package. I recommend everyone gets that. It's like such a freaking deal. It's $10 shots cruise elite. Uh, and they do this like the shoulder mobility towards the end of their one of their uh, videos. And it's only like, two minutes but it's pretty much just internal and external rotation through the shoulder and uh and getting the elbows moving and like my shoulders are warm and tired after that it, mm. really, it feels really good it's like that figure eight right they do that front figure eight and then those like some yep. like, that kind of twist to the side and you, kind of back, to back up there. i know i can't see everything you're doing in the frame but i saw a little bit of movement it looked like you were doing it right and for those who are listening i was doing stuff i was doing stuff in the frame that that Josh thought it looked good. Um, but yeah, good. Definitely get that cruise. You can get the whole package for like 29 bucks and it's like ridiculous. ridiculous. I really, I really appreciate what they're doing over there. Yeah. They, they really want people to just like move better and feel, feel better and be healthy. Uh, it, it's, it's super evident. Yeah. Not only in like all the free content they put out, but in like the cost of their, their programs. Couldn't recommend them enough. 
but we're not here to talk about that anymore. We're not. We digress, but we're back onto it. So that's that's kind of how I would approach a tempo run. And a tempo run that should be built in that could be either your your race specific type workouts if you are doing something like a beast or a marathon, um, like I mentioned before, or that's a real good way to kind of introduce some sort of speed work uh, if your races are shorter. So that depends on where your race is and, and what it is and when you're going to want to place that. Um, but tempo runs are just awesome. They're just just good things to have in the repertoire. Mm-hmm. So the next one I'm kind of going oh, to, I had a hard time thinking of something like this. So we're going to have to spitball. We're going to have to like figure this out, but I would kind of move from tempo runs down to like threshold intervals. And I think we've had a, a uh, like some confusion about the, the terminology of things. So my, my definition of a threshold work would be anywhere from like seven to 20 minutes at a pace that you could hold for about an hour, about right? Hour. Like right around that, that like red line level. So if you, so that could be whoever we're talking to could be anywhere from a 10 K pace to um, half marathon pace. If you're an absolute monster. So <laughs> something that you could kind of hold in, in, in that range. So comfortable, but hard is, is a good way to kind of put that. I think that's yeah, how Jack I, Daniels. I, abs- I absolutely love threshold and, uh, and yeah, I mean, if you're doing like an ultra, that is kind of considered speed, but for, for like a sprint or a super, that's not really speed work. So, so yeah, we can entertain that. I mean, I love doing it in the form of like anywhere from three, five, seven, eight minutes mm-hmm. at a time with like two, three minute rest and then hop into it again for like two or three rounds. hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's, these workouts will make you really fit. It'll make you really fit for like, and ready to kind of move in any direction for where you want to go. So like threshold could, should kind of be your almost like go-to quote unquote speed work. And I have these in a lot of the programs and almost throughout, like you can kind of change the paces of them and keep them in a certain window. Um, but it should still kind of be in that comfortably hard pace. Um, but you'll get like, really fatigue resistant to this and it puts you in an uncomfortable place. You just kind of have to like sit there and just like handle it because it's something that you can keep doing. And like every step you can, you can always keep going at threshold. Like you're just not going to want to. So, (laughs) (laughs) so like it really kind of puts you in that place of like, Oh my God, is this over? And like, I can do this. Yes, I can. Like, should I keep doing this? Like fine. Um, so they're really, they're mentally challenging and they're physically stimulating like you'll get really really fit doing threshold workouts trying to figure out a gym-based workout that would take seven minutes and put you at like that kind of red line like hovering right underneath your red line was kind of a challenge for me to think about because the tempo is going to have to be higher where you're going to need to be but you would face fatigue much quicker by moving at such a, a more rapid pace. And if we're taking things out like the assault bike and the, um, the rower, like you could do straight up threshold intervals on a rower and it would be amazing. It'd be awful, but you would get really fucking fit. Um, so what do you think? Like, how would you do that without those things? Dude? Well, it's interesting. Cause like when I first heard this question, I thought about speed work. I thought more about being able to produce power because i think we've also kind of clarified this in the past where like your definition of speed work does include more uh, like tempo and threshold stuff whereas in in my mind i think speed work i think like 200 400 meter repeats mm-hmm. on a track you know so kind of staying kind, kind of adhering to to that i was thinking more of just being able to like produce a lot of power and also like maybe doing your, your best job that you can at gym to increase uh, like limb speed, like leg turnover. And so the first thing that came to my mind, like immediately was doing really like lighter weight, but more explosive kettlebell swings. 
and then get on, get on the jump rope and do high cadence jump rope run, which increases like your coordination. You end up getting a pretty good foot strike underneath you. And, uh, and yeah, you can end up cranking out like really high cadence because ultimately when it comes to sprinting is like your limiter with your speed is, and this is like with, well, with downhill also is like cadence, your turnover, being able to get that foot underneath you. And then when it comes to flat, it's like power output downhill, you know, power output doesn't really matter. It's just getting your legs turned over. But yeah, those two things. Power so you're thinking that that would be okay. So, and then trying to stretch that out for this time. Cause yeah, like to clarify for speed work and in his question, he actually did say like, he mentioned things like fart, like workouts and tempo runs and, and different things like that. I consider speed work, anything that's not easy miles pretty much. Um, but yeah, there are, there is like fast, like power workouts, which I do want to touch on those as well. So are you saying for like getting into threshold, doing something that's uh, something power up, but like, like, like that, and then cranking on the jump rope and then going back and forth for, for seven minutes or so. Yeah. Here, I'll spit one at you. Right. How about, uh, 15 kettlebell swings, fairly lightweight, but going for mass ex- maximum explosiveness. And then with absolute minimal rest, get over to the jump rope, do a hundred reps of jump rope run at a high. Ca- I mean, it's almost hard to do it at less than like 180 st- steps per minute. Um, and then go and do 40 box step ups, but like plyometrically. So you step up and then you switch your legs like at the top of the box. Yeah. Maybe a lower box. So you can kind of flip back and forth just so yeah, not cycle through that. Yeah. Am- AMRAP you know, AMRAP for 10 minutes, then take like a, a two, three minute rest and then do it for like another 10 minutes and you have 20 minutes of work. Yeah. I like that. Cause that, that makes sense too. Cause, um, and the jump rope is kind of in, like, I, I'll, I'll allow it, but that's yeah. almost in that. In that <laughs> that's why like, I was oh, asking before about like impact stuff, you know, it's like, okay, the person's not injured. They just like, aren't gonna go run fast. So. It's in the, and it's, I, I would kind of put that in the same vein. Like that is a cardio machine, like machine more or less like a cardio thing we'll, we'll count it and yet it can even be double unders right like for if we're speaking crossfit like you can do the, the running cadence or you could do double unders if that's like something that you're in something that you're more inclined to do yeah i think that's a i think that's a good call and that could even go back and forth so it could be like two minutes hard or two minutes would be too long like how like 15 hard kettlebell swings and then like a minute double under the hard kettlebell swings oh, minute double under double unders oh my god you're a crossfitter you can do that a minute yeah I don't know how long you think, like I can do a hundred. I don't know if that takes a minute. I would say that's pretty, pretty close, but I gotta, I gotta give credit to people that can do double unders. I'm working on it, but like as far as the coordination goes, but like the, what's really cool about double unders and I can really appreciate how much it really targets like the stretch shortening cycle of the quads and the calves you get, you hit the ground and you have to get so much spring and airtime to get those two swings underneath you, you know, for each rep. I, I just think that that's pretty awesome. Yeah, they're hard. And when you start them, like they will, you will get exhausted. Like I've actually, I've actually gotten trouble because I'm, 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 I am good at them now because I'm just doing years of CrossFit. Yeah, that one, being so good. I, I, I like hurt myself. I just did. I was like, I got this and did a hundred after not being in the gym for like six months. And then I was like, oh, I just hurt my calf. <laughs> so I guess that's something else to, to consider with that. Um, and so, yeah, I think that the, the work rate does need to be like pretty high for this. What if it was something like if you did like wall, like somehow incorporated wall balls for that, like swings and then into wall balls and then into the step ups for seven minutes. I still don't know if that would get you there. I think you would need something that's a little bit more sustained. I, I, I really love and appreciate what wall balls can do for you as far as like getting your heart rate jacked and getting your whole body fatigued. 
But my beef with it is that, but I said that weird, but my beef with it is how like how deep you have to go into the squat for a like a rep to count, say in competition. So, I mean, no, at no point in time in a, in, um, other than maybe to like lean down to pick up a bucket carry, you know, if you're quad dominant or something, are you going to end up going that, that deep? It's just like, it's a, a large range of motion and I'd almost rather stay in like a smaller range of motion. So yeah, doing like an eighth squat or something and not, and maybe not throwing the ball as high, I think would be able, that'd be a way to, to keep that work rate pretty high um, without killing yourself. Because when you're like the wall balls, I'm going to bring up for the next workout, because work. I think that there is more of a place for like more of like these like faster intervals, but yeah, maybe not, um, maybe not anything like that. Maybe in like burpees, it would have to be short. Like it would have to move through the burpees, like do like 10 hard and then get mm-hmm. right back to the swings or right back to the step ups or something like that. So whatever you're going to need, like the work rate needs to be pretty high and like the reps would have to be kind of low so that you don't die really fast because enable to sustain that for seven to 10 minutes would be, is going to be a challenge. Like this is, this one's hard and it's, and that's, and, and it's, it's a bummer because I think that threshold intervals are like the best way to get as fit as possible. Um, but that would be kind of hard at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, but the, like the, so the reason I chose, uh, kettlebell swings and then followed by like jump rope and box step ups is it's like kettlebells, lots of the posterior chain, great core engagement, jump rope, stretch shortening cycle, great uh, reaction and like the, the calves, um, especially and like nice foot. It's almost like you're practicing. It's like a, dr- a running drill. You're working on mechanics to a degree as far as like foot placement. And uh, it's kind of like the pose method, the way you lift your foot off mm-hmm. the ground. But then you go to the box step ups, which is kind of like hill bounding to a degree. Right. And you get to cycle through those. So I felt like that was like pretty race specific. And the other cool thing about doing intervals in this fashion is it's, kind of obstacle course race specific not only in the in the movements i mean kettlebell you know it's it's a weight in your hands you lift stuff carry stuff in a lot of obstacle course races but also think about transition Mm -hmm. it's like can you pace yourself so that you don't have to take a long rest so you can get right to the next movement and start to do that it's something that i think is really cool i like in workouts uh to prescribe to clients it's like okay move at a smooth pace and like really focus on your transition. Don't take like get to the next thing immediately and like recover within it to a degree. And this is, this is where I think there is a place for gym based workouts. I know a lot of people are like, dude, don't go, don't do CrossFit. Don't do this and that, but it helps with the transition. If you go there and do the transitions well, a lot of times in, in, in CrossFit classes, or if you ever go and, and do a Metcon, like you st- everybody starts out hot and then everybody just ends up resting a lot. Um, which is kind of what happens on the obstacle course, obstacle course, OCR course, obstacle course, race course, um, that like you just kind of wait around and until you're ready to do the obstacle. So yeah, like if you're going to do this type of workout, like, yeah, the transitions are going to be the main thing. And also it's going to be important and to keep your heart rate up and it's going to be race specific. So you're able to move, throughout things fluidly. So I totally agree. And I think that it, that that's where there is a place for these type of workouts when it comes to obstacle course racing. I love it. So what my brain just heard was that is obstacle course race specific speed workout. That's it. We did it. We got okay. it. <laughs> and, and like, like I said, threshold workouts, like if you're going to be doing that in the gym or doing that in uh, actually running, like make that a staple. Cause that is, 
they're a freaking bomb. So after that, like the next one below that, again, I think we had some nuance in this. I would, I'd call these like VO2 max intervals or intervals or whatever. Like and this is somewhere it's like from three to five minutes that where you get into that, um, that lactic takeover zone and you are training your body to kind of buffer that out. So you're just kind of getting used to the feeling of uh, lactic acid that is like infiltrating um, and essentially helping your body move forward. But the byproduct of it is shitty and it feels bad. So you're just kind of getting used to that shitty feel bad, shitty, bad feeling. You're so and eloquent. thank you. Um, well, the, tr- the full transcript will be available. You could just scroll through and just take that out make that and make that a quote. <clears throat> So this is where I do think CrossFit is in like Metcon type workouts can really fit the bill there. Like, and you know, we did a, we did a workout when we did Fran and like that is just lactic takeover. Right. But the problem with that workout is that it's so demanding that you're all can probably only do it once. Um, but it's in that rep range of like three to five minutes where you hit it really hard. You're going to rest for about equal rest. So like three to five minutes of rest and then hit it again. Um, where a lot of times Metcons or CrossFit classes are 10 minute AMRAPs. Like that's not what this is. This is like a three minute, three minute rest. So these are more like intervals. That's straight sure up. G-Max. Yeah. I, I would definitely say, I mean, Fran was one of the most brutal things I had ever done. And I haven't done CrossFit. I haven't done Fran more than a few times, but like, I felt like a crossfitter. I lay, I laid down after that shit. Right. And it's I like, never- <laughs> it's, it's like, so it's all anaerobic and everything's lactic takeover. There's like, there's no room for oxygen in that workout. Um, but for these, like we want there to be a little place for that. And you want the, the, the interval by the end of like that three, like the, the last minute or the last two minutes of these workouts to have that kind of feel. And then you have some rest. You're not on the ground. You can shake it out and you can get back to it. So, Something along those lines where I think would work would be doing like 20 thrusters, like light, like even lighter than Fran, like maybe the barbell or or 55, 75, 75 probably. And then doing like 20 burpees for three minutes back and forth, like 20 thrusters, 20 burpees, 20 thrusters, 20 burpees. So that three minutes is up. Um, And I kind of like that 20 and 20 for some reason. That's just what kind of came up. Or you could do like the 2015, nine, 21, 15, nine, like Fran, like 21 thrusters, 21, 21 burpees. 15 thrusters, 15 burpees, nine, and just do it for that time domain of three to five minutes. Um, and then take that recovery. Um, I have a couple more written down here, but was anything else like kind of, what, what, what comes to your mind? Well, that one sounds really good because when it comes to, when it comes to doing something of such a high intensity, uh, I wouldn't want to do a very complicated, dangerous movement. So I think something like a light, a light thruster, you're not, you're not going to be like really high risk. And like same thing with the burpee. I just think that they do a really graceful job, graceful at, uh, <laughs> at your heart rate, absolutely jacked. And you know, it's super full body. No one's ever called a burpee graceful. Um, but yeah, it is full body It is, and you can crank on them and you can go. Um, if 20, if, if by the end of, 20 you're, you're kind of gassed or if you're not moving at full speed at the end of 20 like make it 10 and then you can just do or 10 thrusters even 10 10 10 10 10 the hardest crossfit workout i've ever done one like probably top five it was uh 10 9 10 rounds nine thrusters and 30 double unders and it was just like back and forth so it was just like enough that you could keep you, you never could stop and by like the the sixth round you're just like Oh my God, like I haven't slowed down at all and I need to keep going and I can keep going fast. It I was like so hard. It was an open workout in like 2017, maybe. Um, but that's kind of the idea something that you can move between 
and not need to completely rest. So another thing I was thinking like light clean and jerks for the same type of thing. If like, again, you have to kind of be proficient. Oh, and let's back up a little bit. Like a, a barbell thruster, it's a, a front rack, a front squat into a push press, one fluid motion, like full squat and then finish up overhead right back down. Um, if you're proficient in clean and jerks, a dumbbell clean and jerks, um, same type of thing for this. I think what like same type of deal, 95 maybe is pretty, would be pretty light for clean and jerks. And then I, I put in kipping pull-ups. I was like, if you could do kip it, like 10 kipping pull-ups and kind of move back and forth between um, clean and jerks and kipping pull-ups, it, it, it should kind of get you that that feel. Um, and then I had like wall balls and uh, snatches. So I would say like dumbbell snatches. So like 20 wall balls, you know, 10 snatches each arm or something like that. Do you think that would get that response or what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I think I trend a little bit more towards like, like a three movement uh, workout. Like I was thinking the, like the thrusters, burpees, and then, uh, and then kipping pull-ups, you know, like mm. butterfly pull-ups and go through those three. And I mean, you, that's a really awesome cardio strength workout. And I mean, as far as specificity goes, if you're, if you're partaking in something like high rocks or stadium, I think that that absolutely nails it. And I think that it might just be fun and help you just break, embrace the suck like regardless of the, of the race distance, you know, unless you're trying mm-hmm. to be like an Olympic marathoner or something, I think this is totally fine for you to hit, to get your heart yeah. rate up and, uh, and try something different. Right. And embracing that suck and like just letting that feeling come into your world and knowing how to deal with it is, is where this, this happens. And, and like doing this in these specific time domain is what is going to be important here and taking the appropriate rest. Cause that's something that CrossFitters don't necessarily do, but I promise you CrossFitters who are at the games, they do do this stuff and they do it probably all the time. They probably do all this. They probably switch it up and hit all these different modes, just like a runner would switch up their stimulus as well. This is actually, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, uh, it was just like a fun thought. I already knew the answer, but for some reason it just came into my head. And that is why, why does you can either run at a steady pace to get from point A to point B or why not like sprint really hard and then take like a complete rest and then sprint really hard and then take a complete rest. Why is the steady state, faster you know well think about that i mean just it it just is like you produce like it's just like the byproducts you produce and just like the way your metabolic systems work it just happens to be more efficient um Mm -hmm. so think about that when you're out doing your weightlifting like rather than going Mm -hmm. absolutely crazy and have to take a rest find your steady state make take minimal rest and just transition to the next thing and just try and stay steady and find your i'm not going to call it happy place but find your find your controlled place where it's like you you're living on the edge but you're you're in control of your effort yeah i think that's going to be the most useful when it comes to well any any competition you're going to know you're going to know where that where that threshold is and ha- having a plan like having a plan for your rest at the it's like along the same lines like i'll have i'll do that during a a mean climb. I'm interested to see how you, how like what kind of approach you have with this. If there is a climb that is just not runnable, like I will plan and count how long I'm going to like, uh, hike for, like, I won't necessarily feel what, what is feeling different and change based on that. Because I found like, it's really easy to just do what the competitors around you are doing. It's like, okay, everyone is hiking now. Maybe I'll hike when maybe you don't need to, or maybe you're not an efficient hiker. You're more efficient at running at that, that speed, or maybe you need to hike sooner than other people. But I like to do, I have a plan and I like, I'll, I'll run for 20 seconds and walk and hike for 10. I'll do a Tabata, Tabata Mm -hmm. style. And it works really well. And having that rest is, is also a way to kind of stay within yourself and, and having that plan and, and, and really being able to balance things out. Um, do you, do you have something like that when it comes to a race, like say a heavy carry or a mean climb like that? Or are you just kind of like, I know where I'm at and I'm going to, I'm just going to be here. 
I think, I mean, I, I kind of base it on my effort. I mean, when it, when it's in a race and there's someone in front of you, you know, maybe you're going to be willing to, if you have the experience and you're like, okay, I'm just going to bite, bite my lip, take the pain, surge on this person, but I know I can recover from it. Like that'll be the strategy. I'm going to surge on this person. I know I'm going to recover. Like it's a downhill coming up. I'll do that. But if I don't know the course, I don't know what's ahead. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay in tune with how my body feels. And if, uh, uh, I, you know, know thyself, know your strengths. I know that I'm a better power hiker than a runner. So, uh, so the strategy really changes. It mm-hmm. really changes everywhere. I mean, um, uh, like when I did a high rocks and it came to the sled push that I had a plan that I had a plan for, um, mm-hmm. I practiced, I was like, okay, I'm gonna take 20 steps and then I'm going to rest for 10 seconds right on the money. Looked at my watch. Okay. 10 seconds is over 20 more steps. I did that three, uh, three times one way, three times the other way. And I was the first person done in my, uh, you know, with a sled for my group. And then you cheated and, and then you're I, like, <laughs> that plan worked. Now I'm going to, my secondary plan is to cheat and not do a full lap like, or, oh, a skip, or skip a zone. No, yeah. no, yeah, I, I, I fucked up the, uh, I was like, Oh, I'm on the rower with the guys that went five minutes before me. That doesn't seem odd at all. I'm totally I am smashing, fine. smashing. Um, <laughs> And and just another another one to kind of think of like so when you can do these VO, VO two max intervals just kind of go back to what it was like a lot of times people will do quarters or, or you know four hundreds with that as well with shorter rest so it'd be like sixteen by four hundred at um you know what would be closer to like two mile to mile pace uh, with like sixty seconds rest really hard workout but that'll kind of get that same that'll elicit that same kind of response over time as well just because the rest wow. is shorter that's one of my favorite workouts. It's brutal. It's it's hard, and it's like mentally taxing. Like four hundred, it's the same kind of thing. It's four hundred is always short enough that you can do it. Um, but it's but it it sucks just enough, and that the rest is short enough. Like you're gonna get that that lactic feeling probably by the end of, and by the time you accumulate that lactic tolerance over the course of sixteen or twenty, like it'll get you the same type of of, of benefit. Um, but you can do that with like that's where I think like wall balls, like doing like sixty seconds of wall balls, and then doing. 60 seconds of thrusters and then doing like 60 seconds of like burpee box jump overs. I, I had written down here as well. I think would be a good one for that. And just kind of accumulating 16 rounds of just some sort of simple modality that you can move through for a minute and, and have it be like pretty hard. Um, I think is another way to kind of simulate that, like a quarter workout. That is for sure. Uh, a cardio leg day. That is, that's a, that's a rough leg day. Yeah. 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 If, you, if you did that all thrusters or if you did that all wall balls, just like, 60 seconds of wall balls times 20. Oh my gosh, um, dude, I was watching. There's this, uh, there's this video online of the squat competition. It's like a cyclist versus a power lifter. And, uh, I, and I decided, okay, that's, that looks pretty cool. The competition was squat your body weight for as many reps as you can in five minutes. So I went and did this. And at the time I, uh, yeah, I was like 170. So I did like 172 or 175 or something like that. And dude, like two minutes in my legs were shaking. I could hardly stand. I How long? five minutes. Five five minutes, yeah. That the bars on your back, and I did. I had there's a video out there somewhere of me doing it. I think my goal was sixty reps, and I did like fifty six or something like nice. that. Bro, my legs. I could hardly walk down the staircase because the gym. Like I was on the second floor <laughs> for days. My legs were destroyed. So, so yeah. If anyone's looking to uh, get get brutalize and, and meet their maker there and you then, go yeah if you don't care about what your training is for the next <laughs> couple of couple of days do it who won who won the biker or the powerlifter oh the powerlifter smashed it the cyclists yeah. had a strong second but like the powerlifter they just i i even I, if they I weigh 260 like that's nothing for a dude squatting 800 pounds dude mm. yeah right like yeah like in like it's a cyclist yeah if he was 150 what do you think his one rep is like 
200. You know, like the percentage of that is just so much closer. The powerlifters are insane. Um, hey, so I want I want to ask. So we we just came up with a lot of cool ideas. If I'm going to say so myself, I agree. Uh, about like how to get your heart rate up and do things that are fairly specific enough, especially if you're doing like a stadium race, or whatnot. But it's it's a good way to get in um, to get your heart rate up and just get used to like some shitty feelings. So as far as actually working on maybe like mechanics or something a little more run specific in the gym. What would you throw at somebody that might actually help them with running specifically at any pace? It's like, so saying like what kind of like, like movement or workout, like kind of how we just talked about. Uh, both I, either or like a specific movement. And then would you, uh, would you throw that in intensity or do it in isolation? Either is fine. So like single leg hops or something like that. Is that kind there of what you you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like lateral hops i think would be a good one and, and kind of like jump like having a line just jumping back and forth over the line doing that with one leg doing that with two legs i like to do one where it's um it ends up a little bit with a little bit more coordination as well where you kind of jump on one leg in a box so jumping forward jumping to your right jumping backwards and then jumping to your left and then switching feet and kind of doing the same thing uh, the old shark skill test yep love it is that what that is yeah yeah it's a good that's a, yeah it's great for like measuring coordination i think that the uh like yeah, I do that with uh, in-person clients sometimes. If uh, and what you do is you have them pretty much make a big circle around the box in one direction, then the other, and you just time them on how long it took them. And you like mm. deduct. Uh, I think it's like two sec, like one second if they accidentally step out of the box. So mm. it, it actually not only measures speed going from box to box, but actually also is a way to measure like their coordination and their accuracy with their foot placement. So totally, cool. and that 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 would be helpful that that coordination and that balance and that skill for running in particular. It, I've never thought about doing that. I would do more like a single leg bounds, I think, or sing, just single leg hop forward, um, or maybe even like side shuffle. I mean, that, that might that doing like a side shuffle is more of a strengthening to get like your glute meds and. Uh, just a way to kind of sure up some place that you might be missing when you are typically running that might not be like run specific. That's more like a, uh, like a rehab prehab type of drill, but that could still kind of keep that heart rate up. Um, single leg bounds, like I said, will kind of keep that heart rate up. Um, what do you think? I, I do like the single leg bounds. I was actually thinking about the thing you said the other day about uh, it was the test on, uh, on doing, seeing how many steps it took to cover, was it 20 meters? uh i believe i think it was 20 meters yeah like an elite was like 11 like, yeah 10 or 11 yeah, 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 yeah like an, an elite 800 meter runner was that was that i think that's pretty cool i like that because also yeah if you're only taking maybe you end up taking 20 you know hops to get there i like the duration of that you know and you can quality reps so if you think about it like this way you could do even uh like a burpee broad jump with a single leg broad with a single leg jump or you could just do single leg burpees where you where you're doing a burpee and you're coming up and you're landing on one leg and just do alternating legs for for the single leg burpee, um, which is kind of a cool variation of a burpee. I mean, it slows you down a little bit, but again, that coordination, um, maybe a little bit more run specific, um, will help with uh, the the balance and stability of things. Um, something like that, I think, would be pretty cool too. Rock on! I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on my end with the like the jump rope doing uh, like cadence work on the jump rope again, good for coordination foot strike. Uh, we can throw out the, like those box switches, um, split squat jumps. I think are awesome. Or like one, mm-hmm. one switches. Those are pretty sweet. Great for the hips, uh, big range of motion, super plyometric. Um, the single leg hops are dope. I actually, I used to do this 
a lot more when I was more of a gym junkie and I wasn't doing as much running. And that was a lot of single leg hops and a lot of, uh, cause there was a staircase, that staircase that I got mm. tortured by after that five minute squat test <laughs> on, good, on good days. I would tell myself every time I go up and down these stairs, I'm going to treat them. I did it like bounce. I would either take, you know, skip four steps at a time. Uh, or I would see how many steps I could skip or, or jump rather with both feet. And so that was just like super explosive, lots of hip extension. I think that ex- being explosive with hip extension is, is one of the money makers along with building good plyometric reactiveness in the, uh, in the calves. I think that those are two really specific things that will translate well to speed work on the track, whether it's 400s or tempo. And like those type of work, uh, like I've, I've actually added in like that, type of workout almost identical recently just to work on coordination i think that would actually help with downhill running and like figuring out like how to balance on one foot like yeah i've been doing single single leg bounds on upstairs with like my minimal shoes just so i like have to like be a little bit more grounded and a little bit more engaged um so yeah that one's money i love that one it's a great idea Nice. I like that you're in the minimal shoes. Yeah, that's kind of it, it's it's less forgiving, so you have to hit the ground a little bit more nicely. You like think about landing. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm and so to grab the foot. And that's really that's really interesting. Like running in a minimalist shoe, you might think like, why? Okay, it's it's more impact, but it's also not like you feel the impact in your foot more. But it it you know it it should for kind of force you or at least encourage you to start to land more gracefully that I can use the word gracefully for not Mm -hmm. Uh, with your foot strike, which ultimately reduces shock up the chain and might reduce like fatigue in the, in the legs and the hips and stuff. And I think it will make you more resilient. Again, talking about just kind of like uh, hardening the legs. Like when I'm running in those things, like I can feel the shock like coming up and coming back out of my legs. You know, when I stop, there's a different feeling through my quads and calves, like not in a bad way, not in like a, a painful way, but like, oh, okay, like everything is working a little bit more to absorb this and to take this on. Like, it's just going to make you stronger. Like, I like it's, that. But it's I like a matter that. of like building up to it. Um, yeah, you really can feel like, and, and, and mechanics, right? Like if your mechanics are shitty, like you're still not going to be, be able to return that energy the way that you could. Um, like, so kind of going back to the front, like if you want to get faster at running, get better running form, do that. <laughs> you could do it in the gym if you want. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like it feels so good to like have that, like that energy being able to know that you're absorbing that energy and it's your body doing it as opposed to the, the footwear is pretty sweet. Indubitably, indubitably. <laughs> um, cool. Let's, uh, let's wrap this thing up here. Um, it's, it's date night here in, in, in Philadelphia. I don't know if you know. Um, but so I'm, so I'm, I'm about to get some pizza. That's what we do for date night. Um, and that's pretty exciting. So I'm, I'm what gonna, is your pizza topping of choice? Pizza topping of choice. It's like usually like, so what we do, we always get a plane, like planes, the best planes, the best. And then we'll get like a small of whatever, like the specialty is at that whatever pizzeria we're going to. But if I had to have one, I would do meatball. Okie dokie. All right. Now like slices or half circles. Like I'm wondering how people, cause it's like, it's like pepperoni, but it's not, you know, or is it like chunks? It's like a meatball, they smash. What's the form? Like what form does it take when you look at it? What does that's it a great, like? that's a great question. Cause you, you might think that it would come out as a ball as, as it's called meatball, but it's sliced meatballs. And so it kind of sits on it like pepperoni, but it tastes so good, man. I, I'm down for meatballs. What about you? What you got for your, what's your topping? Bro, I get crazy. I'm going to do buffalo chicken, probably going to put barbecue sauce on it as well, probably going to put ranch on it as well, and probably some bacon. So we got like barbecue, buffalo, ranch, 
probably some bacon, some chicken. There's a lot going on. It's a party to look at. It's a party in the mouth, party out the other end, but that's a different story. It is a fun time. And you're, you're, you're dead sober when you eat this. This is like a sober endeavor. (laughs) I don't know know if I could eat it if I was drunk, man. That's, that seems to be the only way that anyone would even concoct to that thing. You guys got ranch, ranch on there too. And on the side. Yeah, and if I'm feeling crazy, maybe some marinara. Listen, I I try to. It's it's an experience, you know. You like it enters your mouth, and you're like, oh, there's all these different flavors going on. What's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and next thing you know, you're you know your belly's engorged, and uh, twenty dollars yeah. later, you're, you're feeling the shame, and you're gonna try and go sleep it off, so you forget the whole thing. <laughs> you're happy for a little bit, and then you're Absolutely. sad, and then you go to bed. <laughs> um, uh, that and that's that's another question that we have. Like Amy's a deep thinker when it comes to pizza. So we, we eat pizza and then we'll debate the pizza. So like, do you like pizza that is like, what is more important for you on a pizza? Like the crust or like the cheese part, like, or the marinara or the sauce? Like what is like, if one of those things is bad, like what would like, well, they all need to, they all need to be perfect. And I, I demand perfection, but the crust is the most noticeable thing. I think I appreciate a good, like crust, a good dough. But I mean, if there's like really cheap, cheap sauce on it and overwhelming amount of cheese, I'm, I love cheese. Cheese is great and all, but like the ratios have to be right. Mm-hmm. But ultimately it is the crust that I'm going to think about the most during and after the experience. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Cause that's how Amy is too. She's all about the crust and like, well, well, like the whole pizza is like hinges on how the crust, like to me, the crust can be okay, but like the cheese ratio has to be on point. And like I'm a sauce, I could do either. I can do like a, a bit of a sweeter sauce. That's fine with me. Like a traditional like tomatoey, that's fine with me as well. But if the cheese ratio is on point, I'm in it for the cheese. Understood. I'll remember that when I uh, for your birthday, I'm gonna send you a pizza. Send me a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be it awesome. will definitely be good by the time it gets there. It will be good, hundred um, percent. Yeah. So I mean, there's really we kind of covered everything. The only other thing that I would think of is like fast reps would be kind of what you mentioned before, like two hundreds, one hundreds, four hundreds. Um, so like, this is just like going as hard as you can for 30 to 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. So I think like anything that we had mentioned, um, like thrusters come to mind for me, burpees obviously come to mind. Um, and like the heart rate isn't necessarily even thing like box jumps, maybe box jump overs. Um, what do you think? It would have to be single modality, right? Bro, I'm still thinking about pizza. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah ex- explosive stuff with the legs with that hip extension again like super fast turnover so and honestly the best thing is the assault bike we're bringing the assault bike in just for the fast reps like if you could just crank out 30 seconds on the assault bike that's the that's Dude, the move i think that's awesome for power i'm gonna tell you right now though i am still i still have like fear of going back to the assault bike not really but i mean it's i did a workout on it not long ago i did two minutes on two minutes off and i was like a CrossFit is going to laugh at me for this, but I was doing like 40 calories in that two minutes and it was brutal. I wanted two to minutes buy. is too long. That's too long on that bike, man. Well, I, wouldn't do I, was, that. I was going, I was going for lactic acid, man. I was, I was trying to, I was trying to like feel the hurt. I, I forget what race I was going into, but I just wanted it to suck like plain and simple. Like I wanted it to suck for a good amount of time. I was like, two minutes is a good amount of time. I like two twos. I like two twos, uh, two minutes on two minutes off with a lot of other workouts, like whether it's running or it's on the bike. And I thought, shit we're doing on the assault bike let's see how it goes yeah then like yeah that's that's kind of the caveat of all this like all these workouts will work better with a bike with a rower with a ski erg um so like really substitute any of this stuff that we said with just that stuff straight up but i'm guessing if you don't like doing running workouts you wouldn't like doing a, a seven minute assault bike 
threshold repeat. That would suck. <laughs> that would suck bad. Everyone do try it. There's this one workout that I want to try called acid bath. Have you heard this one? This rings a bell. It's it's just 500 meters on every Concept Two machine. I've never been on the Concept Two bike, but it's 500 meters on the skier, 500 meter, 500 meters on the rower, whatever doesn't matter. 500 meters on the skier, 500 meters on the bike, and like it's supposed to be just a, the most brutal lactic takeover workout ever. I I would do that. I I, actually, do I really like that because yeah, you're probably only going to end up spending like a minute. 40 to two minutes on each yeah and it's changing up it's like yeah your upper body lower body full body i like it. i dig it me too you could even do that for these w- workouts be like just do it do it that way two minutes at a sustained pace it doesn't need to be all out do it at like a threshold pace and make it sustainable for a long time then move to ski or for two minutes at a time two two minutes on the bike for a time so i'll tell you what man since we're just like we're throwing workouts out there i don't know if i made this so i'm gonna say in quotes i made this made this workout air quotes people um, Ruby, I call it Ruby. It's rower and burpees. So you get 20 minute AMRAP, 20 calories on the rower, 10 burpees over the rower. Mm. How many reps rounds can you get? Oof. I'll do that one. I would, I'd do, I'd fuck that one up, Josh. I would crush that one. Dude, based on, based on your burpee 10K, I think that you would. That's it. Like there was this one CrossFit workout that was just, it was another open workout that was another one of the probably top five hardest ones. It was, Calories, it was 27, oh my God, it was thrusters. It wasn't burpees. It was 27 calories and 27 thrusters at 95. Then I think 24, 24, 21, 21, and just went all the way down like rower and thrusters. Too much. It was unbelievably terrible. Unbelievably terrible. Um, so I'll do Ruby once I get back into a gym with a um, rower and that will be super fun. Um, cool. Let's wrap this beast up. I got pizza to eat. And uh, so, Josh, where can we find you? Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on the Instagram at J-A underscore S-H-U-A underscore R-I-E-D. Joshua Reed, that is me. Rich. I'm reinforced underscore running underscore rich. Hit us up. Drop us questions. We'll answer them. We just answered one for an hour and 15 minutes. An hour. Talked about treadmill for 15. Also a question. That was fun. <laughs> cool. So if you like what we're doing, give us a rating, give us a review. It means a lot. It helps us out. So uh, we appreciate you guys for listening and for all that you guys do for us. So thanks a ton. Yeah. Always appreciate y'all tuning in. Later.